two podcasts, two pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is episode 17. 17. And uh, we've got a great episode today where we're going to chat about leap year. Yeah, dude, we have so many facts. Yeah, leap year day. So uh, obviously this is not a live radio show and we record this in advance. So the leap year when you're listening to this is hopefully coming up in a couple of days or maybe just past, depends on when you find this episode. But February 29th, 2020, leap year day. Yeah, dude, totally. We are also going to, in honor of the day that isn't a day and time that isn't time, going to talk about our first poisonous plant. I'm really excited about our first poisonous plant. I am plant. too. So we're going to talk about belladonna. Uh, but Sweet. before we get there, I'm going to circle all the way back to episode uh, 13 or 14. And I think it was... Uh... It was episode 15. Episode 15. Yeah. They all blend together. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> episode 15. We talked about yarrow. And yarrow is a great medicinal herb that you can um, use specifically for, well, for many things, but specifically for um, staunching bleeding is yes. its most common use, including putting it in a bath to soak your bloody vagina if it's your uh, time of the month, <laughs> which was our favorite fact about it. But before we get into all of that... <laughs> I've set myself up for success today. Yeah, dude. I put my matches on my beer. We're totally going to remember <laughs> to light our little baby. So I'm going our to. Our sweet pine cone. Light our ritual candle. <laughs> it's almost time to pick a new candle. A couple more weeks. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, we could go a little longer than a couple more weeks, but we've, we've had a good haul with this one for sure. Um, I'm excited to see what you choose for us for spring. For sure. Oh, yeah, she's having... There she goes. There so she the, goes. The reason I put it on top of my beer, aside from not forgetting this episode to light the ritual candle, is that I picked up a, a beer with some yarrow in it. So see where I went there? I tied it all together. Good uh, job, man. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And so I was recently up in Vermont and went to Hermit Thrush Brewery, and they had a gen... This is a mouthful. A gen barrel, Saison Plus, dry barrel age, sour golden ale, dry flowered with yarrow. Wow, it's a flower beer, dry aged or dry dry hop, dry aged. I don't know, whatever. They put it in a gin barrel too, so I don't know what this is going to taste like. But oh, because God, it no. <laughs> because it had yarrow in it, I bought it specifically for us to try. So I'm going to pour us a little bit, see what we think. Yeah, I've worked in the beer industry for 17 years, and I have yet to find a beer aged in gin barrel gin barrels that I can. Stomach, l much less enjoy. Well, I gave you a full pour. So. You sure <laughs> did. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is not the first time. I feel like Lindsay is such my oh, guinea pig, but yeah, God. yarrow beer. I don't know. It was cool, so I bought it. Oh, I'm gonna sniff this shit first. It oh, it smells not like gin. It smells like sour beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hermit thrushes shtick. Tastes like sour beer. Yeah, uh, not too much gin on it. Not too ginny. I don't taste any yarrow. I don't know what yarrow is really supposed to taste like other than smoking it. And right. Smoking it, it tasted like grass. So This is not grassy. Yeah. Dan gives it a thumbs down. Does not yeah. like it. I mean, it's not the best, but it's definitely better than most of the other gin barrel aged stuff that I have had. For Fair. Sure. It's got a weird aftertaste I'm not enjoying. It's, it's a little too sweet on the aftertaste. It is very sweet on the aftertaste. Oh, well, so there we go. We had some uh, Yarrow sour beer. 
give it a, a meh. It's a meh. I will continue drinking it because <laughs> it's in front of me. But oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, as we mentioned, we're gonna we're gonna chat a little bit about Leap Year Day, but before we get into there, I was curious and thinking. And Engineer Dan posed the question earlier: Do you have a favorite fictional cat? We talk about our actual cats all the time. We do, and uh, I, I'm kind of curious. The world of fictional cats. There's so many. Most of them from childhood cartoons. Totally, dude. Do you have a favorite fictional cat? Okay, so if I had to go, like, favorite, favorite, I would probably go Garfield, because Mondays, am I right? And also <laughs> lasagna for breakfast. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I, I love that Garfield is just, like, <laughs> a cunt all the time. Just, yeah. like, a complete, like, which is like, hey, Odie, how can I torture you? <laughs> right? I know. Like, super cool, Right dude. up until he met Nermal, who was, like his equal and then like and then a little better right <laughs> normal was like the pterodactyl of um cartoon cats I think. <laughs> <laughs> but also like if i if i had to pick a second favorite for older cartoons i totally go pink panther because the theme yeah. song makes my neck want to go like this yeah for sure pink i'm a huge pink <laughs> panther fan um I think that I, I always wanted to like Tigger. I had a cat, an actual cat, not a fictional cat named Tigger growing up. But I didn't like him as a fictional character. Dude, because he's annoying. He's so annoying. Sit the like, fuck down, Tigger. Like, shut the fuck up, Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about your bouncing. Calm your ass down. Jeez. <laughs> I was uh, actually trying to, when this question was posed, I was trying to think of a Looney Tunes cat. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got one. The only one I could think of. Sylvester. Oh, fuck. Sylvester. Sylvester's the Looney Tune cat. Yeah. I did like Sylvester. I couldn't think of one. The only one I could think of was the tiny kitten, the big <gasps> shaggy red monster that oh, just like yeah. moves his fur all around. He's like, I'm going to hug him and squeeze him. I think that's my favorite fictional cat. Yeah, that, that was a cute little kitten. Yeah. <laughs> Sylvester was cool, though, because he spit when he talked. Yeah, Sylvester was cool. He never gave up. He caught the bird, but always, like, just gave it back. He was foiled off. He didn't seem that smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there were, like, the Hanna-Barbera cats. What were, their, what were they called? What's a Hanna-Barbera? Hanna-Barbera made cartoons. They made, like, Yogi Bear, oh. um, those cartoons. Okay. What was that cat called? Fuck. I can't remember. But he, he, would, he would do the, like, um, so... So, so we've got this going on here, and then we've got this going on here, even. He always did the even at the end. Oh. I can't remember his name. I I have no idea what you're talking about. He was cute. <laughs> he was cute. <laughs> well, shit. We're going to have to watch We're... some Hanna-Barbera cartoons. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All the cat cartoons. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, kind of curious out there, pussies, what do you think? What was your favorite fictional cat? Was it a, a cartoon character? Are you pro or anti Sylvester? What is the name of that fucking Hanna Barbera cat? Uh, Who give knows? us <laughs> give us a clue. Drop us a line. Reach out on Instagram at five C two P Pod or at Gmail at five C two P Pod Gmail dot com. I like saying dot com like I'm a fifty year old woman. Dot <laughs> 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 com. <laughs> So, in honor of this cat, we can't remember their name, and I didn't even know exist. Well, even we're going to talk about Leap Year. We'll be right back. Totally. Back in a minute, which is... Heavens to 
Megatroid. That one, yes. Exit stage left. Yeah. Can you record a couple of those? Snagglepuss. <laughs> can you re- can you legit record a couple of those for the episode and drop them in? Because I think they're I think they're funny. Snagglepuss, yes. <laughs> Snagglepuss was hilarious. Check check. Heavens to Megatroid. Exit stage left. Even. <laughs> Snagglepuss, guys. It's Snagglepuss. God damn it. <laughs> Both sitting here snickering for no reason. <laughs> well, Engineer Dan pets a plant. <laughs> See, sometimes they just they need to be pet. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta reach out and touch a leaf. It might kill them, maybe, <laughs> or maybe that's just me. So, leap year. This is an extra day every four years, except for years that end in hundreds. No. So like well, 1900, kinda. if it was like every four years and 1900 didn't have a, I mean, it was supposed to be a leap year. It wouldn't have a leap year. I don't know what they do then. No, that's somewhat correct. What it actually is, is that, um, <sighs> it's an extra day at the end of February it's, for no there's reason. There's this whole <laughs> weird history on leap years, dude. But essentially what happens is that, um, Every four years, there will be a leap year unless it is at the start of the century that is not divisible by 400. Wow. (laughs) So while 1900 was not a leap year, 2000 was. Oh. Once again, 2100 will not be a leap year because it is not divisible by 400. Okay. Cool. Yeah, there's this there's this like whole <laughs> that... weird history about leap years and so uh, Pope Gregory actually like enacted this whole thing so where it would like every year that was or every se- beginning of the century that wasn't divisible by 400 um would not be a leap year. But this all dates back to the ancient Egyptians who realized that there were not 365 days in a calendar year, but more like 365 and a quarter days in a calendar year. And really? shit just got so messed up. Really? Oh, dude. There were like centuries where things were just so messed up regarding the calendar. I, I guess I never considered the fact that there, if there's an extra quarter of a day every year, like... How would you even know? Just keep counting to the next day. Well, it's it's uh, so in order to like create this calendar, they had to do it so where there were a certain number of days. But if there's only an extra quarter of a day a year, you can't really do that. It got me- it got kind of messed up these days. If we were to switch to an atomic clock, which would count to like these extra seconds per day, we'd be fine. But nobody's done that yet. Fair. So (laughs) what happened was um, just a whole bunch of stuff over centuries of time before people finally figured out this method of, you know, the every four years thing. The first dude who was like, okay, we're going to do the sleep year thing. And he probably didn't call it a leap year because it was this guy. um, He was an, an Egyptian ruler called Ptolemy II. Um, and to 38 BCE. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, 
who, who he he introduced the leap year cycle and he was like cool so every four years we're gonna add an extra day to the calendar it w- probably wasn't february 29th i'm not sure what calendar they were using then um but i'm pretty sure it was not the calendar that we're using now there. but he added an extra day he did and it didn't last long people were just like meh we're good. <laughs> You're an idiot. We don't need an extra day, dude. <laughs> yeah, they were they were like, oh, we're cool. But then, like, 200 years later, or 200-ish le- years later, Julius Caesar was like, oh, yeah, maybe we should try that again. And it was because of some dude, this guy, oh, God, this name. It's a really unfortunate name. <laughs> it was an Egyptian astronomer called Sausagines. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually, like, I looked on the internet and I, I listened to things to pronounce his name. So I am pronouncing it correctly, <laughs> I think. His name was Sausagines. Um, it was on Sausagines' advice that Julius Caesar reintroduced the leap year. So Julius Caesar does, right? He, and he's, but, but he does this and then immediately adds another 90 days to, like, the year that they're in. Okay. Wait, wait. so he took... So he's like, so Sausageens is like, hey, Julius, we we should add every four years, we should add another day. And Julius goes, cool, bro. Yeah. And also this year is going to be like 300 and or like 420 days. I can't. Dude, math. Totally. Yeah, it was it was totally something like, like that. OK. And he did it because he was trying to realign the administrative year with the agricultural seasons. So okay. they called this year. Julius Caesar called this year the last year of confusion. Everybody else calls this the year of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him to call it the first year. But yeah, no. No. I think that's so Dude. cute. <laughs> yeah. So so he he fucked that all up and then and that was in like 46 BCE, okay? Um in in 44 BCE, Julius Caesar gets stabbed to death. On March 15th. Okay. So then in 42 BCE, after Julius died, the first leap year occurred. Okay. And was less confusing. (laughs) Right. But then the Romans screwed it up again. Of course they did. So instead of doing it every four years, they did it every three years for the next 36 years. I like that, like... This is like a, is it too salty? There's too much salt. Let's try that recipe again. Too right? much salt. What like, a bunch of goofballs. But <laughs> good, on them. Today. <laughs> good on them for trying to figure it out, man. It's, it just means it's one less thing for us to deal with now. <laughs> so then in 8 BCE, Augustus Caesar, who was like the predecessor to Julius, he, he tried fixing all of this by skipping the next three leap years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not going to date anymore. It stopped yeah, working he's out. Like, he's, he's, like, like, no. like, he's like, we've got to figure this out. And then he reinstated the leap year in 8 um, CE of the current era. Right. Um, and then it got screwed up again. Of course. Yeah. By who? Um... Well, it got screwed up because because of all of their screw-ups, by the time the 16th century rolled around, the Julian calendar was like 10 days slow. <laughs> <laughs> this is really, like, I can't wait when we get into the herb later and, and like, time as a construct. Yeah. It's like, no, we have no fucking idea of what day, time, year, any of it. <laughs> right. So then all of this circles back to what we were talking about earlier with, like, Pope Gregory. So in 1582, Pope Gregory um, the Thirteenth helped enact a papal bill that corrected the error of the Julian calendar by omitting leap years at the start of centuries unless they were divisible by 400. 
I feel like he probably had a good reason and some advisors that told him this, but I also yeah, feel it was, like uh, he just woke up one morning it was and was like, like a, ho- yeah, a whole <laughs> a whole thing. Like he had to present it to the church and it had to be voted upon. And like anything that's happened after that has had to be voted on by like the church, blah, blah, blah. This has to, in order for this to be this calendar. But the Christians, dude, by the time like pope gregory came around and everything was all screwed up and like the calendar was 10 days behind what it should have been there were like the heretics dude like us <laughs> they were they were making fun of the christians so fucking hard because they had screwed up the calendar so much right yes because you know what always mixes really well is science with your religion yeah right <laughs> i know <laughs> 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 so now we haven't we're still we're still gregorian calendaring it all but, right uh yeah it hasn't really changed months right i feel then. like at a certain point people just get tired of it and they're like yeah now it's this and <laughs> there's probably something still wrong it's why like i don't know it's why it's 42 degrees in february <laughs> i know oh I was actually it's not there's a lot of other like terrible that. reasons for that yeah, but <laughs> i feel like uh i feel like it was never right to, it was never right to begin with and it was fixed <laughs> air quote fixed i know but could you imagine living during that time where everything like nobody knew what an actual year was because oh you're like home dude just added 90 days to your calendar year i can i can imagine living in that time because half the world celebrates uh rolling the clocks back and the other half doesn't oh my god the fuck is up with that right? <laughs> but not arizona Arizona's like fuck all (laughs) y'all so (laughs) this is kind of special and I was always a little jealous growing up I did have um, there was one person in our school very very small school so it was like the one person in our school that was born on February 29th Oh, and so I was always curious if you were born, Lindsay, on February 29th, would you celebrate your birthday February 28th or March 1st? I think it would depend on the time of day I was born, February 29th. Oh, okay, cool. Like, if I were, if I were born after noon, I would probably celebrate March 1st. Oh, uh, neat. Okay, or, cool. Or maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe not even, like, noon. Maybe, like, if I were born in the evening on February 29th, I would celebrate March 1st. Um, if I were born, like, during the daylight, maybe I would celebrate on the 28th. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a March baby. Like, born on an actual day in March. (laughs) Us privileged people born on actual days. (laughs) I always felt like this individual is like, whatever day was more convenient for their parents. They were like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which which day is closest to a weekend for your birthday? (laughs) Um, But it definitely made us sit and consider, like... You know, this is the first time a leap year has happened uh, since I've started observing magical practices. Mm-hmm. And I was curious about, like, if there were specific cells, cells, yeah, spells, <laughs> ceremonies, rituals, beliefs, like, if there was something special I was supposed to do on a leap year. The answer's no. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I have to say, leap year, I've never thought about doing anything magical on a leap year day i've never really like planned anything out it's not something that's really crossed my mind um yeah i mean i think uh the things that i did like do a little reading on uh the biggest things that i saw were that 
because it happens every four years, except for those special years, <laughs> the beginnings <laughs> of centuries or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but because it happens every four years, if you choose to do a ritual or a spell uh, that that particular day has more potency in magic and it is supposed to uh, heighten the effects of a long term spell. So. And it kind of makes sense, you know, if you're like set, doing spells and rituals and intentions, according to the lunar calendar, it's like a 30 day span over the next 30 days. What am I doing? And if you're doing it on a leap year day, then it's like, well, the next time this comes around, what am I setting as an intention for the next four years? So, oh yeah, that makes total yeah. sense. So like long, to- a long form, like large, transformative spells, but very um, internalized. Not a lot of like external things. So not a lot of like banishment spells, but more things like um, coping or dealing with addiction or resetting habits or um, uh, things around work, money, success, that sort of thing. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, And the other thing that I saw and read was uh, sort of in relation to leap year and gardening, and because I like garden stuff, um, is not an every four years thing, but the idea of leap years as it relates to plant growth. Okay. I was reading one thing. (laughs) I, I, I read a little bit, and this is the only thing that I can really recall from what I was reading about, like, planting stuff on a leap day, is that bean pods will grow upside down. Oh, that's right. I really want, <laughs> I want to, yeah, it was specifically broad beans. Broad uh, beans, yeah, was, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely, I want to plant some broad beans on the leap year day just to see what happens. I Dude, successfully totally planted should. beans last year and they grew before the rabbits ate them all. They grew uh, right side up. I didn't get it. They didn't get to bean oh. because the rabbits. But uh, I, if I grow, I'm going to grow one bean, broad bean plant and <laughs> I will baby the shit out of this thing and see which direction the beans grow. Yeah, I'm real. I'm excited to see how <laughs> how this pans uh, oh, out. Oh no, I'm gonna have to plant two. I'm gonna have to do one on a leap year day and one like the following day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, totally. Yeah. totally. Just to see if like one of them grows in a different direction because I won't know if it's upside <laughs> down or not. <laughs> um, but as it like relates to the idea of like um, leap year and and for plants, it's sort of tied to the idea of um, sleep creep leap. Okay. So one of the biggest things that I am very guilty of in my uh, garden planting is forgetting that plants are living organisms that expand over time. And the idea there is that um, when you first plant something, the, the roots are actually typically dormant. Like it takes time for the roots to readjust to its new environment and really like take hold and expand and reach down deep into whatever soil it's in and and be one with its environment so it's kind of like when you buy a plant i'm gonna use my daisies for example um but when you know you buy uh daisies and you plant them they're gonna grow and they're alive but they're still sort of like in their little safety nest and they're asleep they're you know they're doing their thing to stay alive but they're not reaching out right 
And then they take a period of time and they creep. And that's where it begins to expand. So um, honeysuckle is also a great example of this, where like it takes time for it to like grow to its full potential. So it begins to creep and expand. And this is the part where I'm guilty. <laughs> because you read on a tag, plant this four to six inches apart. Plant this 12 inches from everything else. And I'm like... Oh no! I want my garden to look full now this year. I do the same thing. <laughs> and I'm then, like, I don't have that yeah. much space. You guys go in three inches apart. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it creeps, and lo and behold, daisies are like smothering everything in that section of the garden because it begins to creep out and like expand itself and take up more room. And all plants do this. And if it's a perennial, it needs space to right. take, like it, it creeps out. And then the third part is the leap where it sort of like jumps into like fruition it jumps into its full self and begins like multiplying and fruit trees for example you know they don't they don't they might produce flowers but they don't produce fruit for at least three years okay um and so that like that third year they've leapt into their their own and and now they're producing at full abundance but yeah sleep creep leap as it relates <laughs> to the leap years so when you're planting remember everything takes time much like that long-term transforma uh, transformative spell that you might cast on a leap year, you got to give yourself space and time for that thing to like come to fruition. Totally, dude. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. Uh, I think the last thing, which I like alluded to a little bit, is uh, that this is like a day that's not a day. And time that's not really time. Like, it's extra time and they tack it on. So it's yeah. like a whole bunch of extra time. So it's like the past and the present yeah, and the future like all it, in one day. It is actual time that they just didn't account for right. the rest of the year. Right. So it's lost time and a day that shouldn't exist that does. <laughs> and and I thought, like, I don't know. There was something about that that just seemed kind of cool in, like, magical practice maybe using it as a day to meditate to think about um if you can handle it like think about existence think about metaphysical things think about like visions astral projection like anything that's sort of like outside of yourself outside of time outside of reality um, yeah I that dude cool. i can totally see that and we actually have plans for a leap day this we year do yeah should we keep it a secret um no, because I, I, I've got to, I, I want to talk a little bit about it. Okay, so, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Uh, um, so we're, on Leap Day, uh, we're going to go um, to a, a, another local cemetery. Well, we'll yeah, that is one that was recommended yes. to us. So we're going to go to a cemetery um, and do another graveyard recording. And very excited about that. But I looked up, uh, because Leap Year this year is on a Saturday. Yeah. Magic related to Saturday. So this isn't specific for a Leap Year, but I was like, well, I couldn't find anything cool for actually Leap Day. So found something for Saturday. Saturday and magical uh, inclinations is associated with the colors black, gray, and indigo. Oh. It is associated with self-discipline, life, doctrine, protection in the elderly and one of the herbs it is most associated with is mullen or graveyard dust All right. <laughs> we I'm love mullen i'm so excited i'm so excited to go on a on a day that's not a day on time that doesn't exist and walk through a place full of mullen and old dead people <laughs> i hope that we find mullen at this new cemetery me that too we're gonna visit That'll me too so super magical yeah coming up later this spring we'll have another another graveyard sessions totally uh 
So, leap years. Pretty cool. Uh, very strange, con- convoluted, confused beginnings. <laughs> uh, and however you choose to celebrate it, if it's something important to your um, practice, uh, I, I think it's a cool day to just sort of contemplate something outside of your own existence or existence itself and remind yourself that everything takes time it takes space it'll get there and let's see if broad beans grow upside down i'm really excited to see if they grow upside <laughs> <Me too>. down <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a, a quick break and we're gonna come right on back talk to you about belladonna yeah first poisonous plant we'll see you soon witches some people are poison under my skin like opium and i'll stare in their eye to annoy them all the poison yeah they're poison our first poisonous herb poisonous plant dude i'm so psyched about (laughs) this excited there's something about poisonous plants that's just like so romantic cool uh, well, we are going to talk a little bit about Belladonna, also known as Deadly Nightshade. Okay. Uh, and if you're not familiar with it, it is um, it, it grows native. It's a native plant to different areas, including the New England area of the United States. And uh, it's sort of got like this vine-like quality. If you like, if you weren't looking at like where it's coming from, it does grow on stalks, but it's, it looks vine-like. Um, and it has these sort of like long tubular purple flowers. Mm-hmm. And when the flowers are pollinated, it produces a black, uh, black round berry. One berry per flower. Oh, okay. No kidding. Yeah. All right. Yep. And so like deep black, purpley. So yeah, deadly nightshade, also known as devil's berries uh, or sorcerer's berries or witch's berries. Ooh, I like all of yeah. those names. But I agree. It's got that kind of like dark mystical sexy kind yeah. of like I, I like that like, you tied romance into that it is kind of romantic <laughs> isn't yeah. it um <laughs> uh, i, I want to chat a little bit about like where it where it came from the name and what its uses are yeah dude i'm and, all yeah. about hearing some history on this plant for sure um but what i'm really really wondering as I'm always <laughs> wondering, yes, is uh, can you smoke, can you smoke it? it? Good God, no, <gasps> no, well, no! It's deadly nightshade. Fuck! It is a poisonous plant. For the love of God, don't fucking smoke this plant. All right, which is in don't any smoke form. This. <laughs> uh, this, so I will say, there are ways to use nightshade, but. Do not smoke this plant. We're not going to smoke it. We're not making a tea out of it. We're not fucking with this plant in any way. So you, <laughs> so, so you don't. I don't even have any in the studio system at <laughs> no, all. No, no, whatsoever. no. So, but here's the fun thing that I found out about nightshade as it relates to uh, your like it's romantic. <gasps> oh, in a something? in a very fake form of romance, it is thought to or believed to be. The um, the concoction that Juliet drank in Romeo and Juliet was made of no of belladonna or deadly nightshade. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, and what a be- what a beautiful play that was. It was a lovely play. It's a weird form of romance, but it was. I mean, total. But like, <laughs> people were weird before, and you know, 
we're not as weird. We we are still weird. We're still we weird. are awkward. We are weird. But people definitely did weirder things than we do now. I don't know about weirder, <laughs> but <laughs> but maybe yeah. not weirder, but not like <laughs> uh, <laughs> like nobody would go up to a window and be like, uh, or like just stand there and lament, "Oh Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo?" None of us are gonna do that fucking shit. No, maybe not. But I, I mean, I certainly remember being a teenage girl sitting on the roof and being like, oh, why doesn't he like me? Where is oh, he? Oh, well, I so. heard the daisies coming. Right? <laughs> 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 he loves me. He loves me not. <laughs> well, when it comes. Slightly more modern. <laughs> when it comes to Belladonna, don't be plucking any petals. Uh, so. Um, Belladonna is actually uh, Italian for beautiful woman. Yes. That's where that name, that's the, the name means beautiful woman. Um, and in Renaissance Italy, it was considered beautiful to dilate your pupils. Oh, dude. I have seen that before. That yeah. is so weird. It's so weird. But I've also seen instances in like modern television where people have dilated their pupils with belladonna and it has gone a little overboard yeah yeah so they're like holy shit why are my pupils like this so the (laughs) the, you've probably used belladonna if you've ever gone and gotten your eyes examined and didn't realize it so they don't use it's not belladonna in its pure form so don't be going and grinding up belladonna plants and dropping it in your eyes that's a bad idea but the the chemical in belladonna that causes pupil dilation is still used today to do that for eye exams so weird yeah eyes are weird (laughs) um so it is uh it's sort of like a dark power herb when it comes to magic um things like cleansing um dedication of dark power tools um moving negative energy to positive goals and All right. uh, it used to be used very commonly. So poisonous herbs across the board were very commonly used for strength charms and that sort of thing. And for sort of the more like dark arts, um, but more negative focus spells. Ne- like I said, moving negative energy around. Right. And we've kind of modern witchcraft has gotten away from that a little bit. And there are still uses um, for poisonous herbs. But I think, you know, it, it takes a lot of knowledge to know how to use them correctly. And as witchcraft has evolved into its current form in a lot of ways, there's not a lot of, myself included, not a lot of knowledge involved and a lot of, like, let's Google it kind of thing. Yeah. So a lot of times um, we would now use, instead of belladonna, mugwort. Oh. <gasps> So, That's so cool. So circle it all back. We love mugwort. We love mugwort. Our first episode ever was on mugwort and our first poisonous plant, a good substitute for it, mugwort. That's um, so cool. Yeah. Uh, so again, it is poisonous. Um, when ingested, it's also poisonous. Like it causes irritation if you don't handle it properly. Like, is it going to make you die or is it going to make you poop? Um, <laughs> it de- <laughs> so I think it depends on your age and the amount and like your body weight. So what I've read is um, it will cause like burning and itching and blistering on fingers and that sort of thing. Like oh, if you were to like be picking wow. the berries, but on a child, the toxicity levels can um, be deadly oh 
Yeah. Well, well, so that sucks. Yeah. So you have to be careful with it. Um, and then as well, uh, if you ingest the berries, the berries cause paralysis. So you oh. might not poop, but you're not doing much of anything else. That's super sad. <laughs> yeah. So so this is like a not kidding around poisonous plant. Yeah. I can't imagine a life where I can't poop. Uh, but it's really cool. Um, in and of itself, it has been used over the years and in uh, more traditional witchcraft um, to honor Samhain um, for things like astral travel. So, oh, I can't pronounce. I can't pronounce stitch. You just say it. <laughs> Samhain. Samhain. Yeah. <laughs> I just got an M in there. So I know. I know. I know. It's not the phonetic. There's, a, there's a phonetic an H in herb and there's an M in Samhain. Samhain. <laughs> uh, and astral travel. Um, psychic powers, visions, that sort of thing. Sort of similar to mugwort being a dream, like a dream weed. Um, that's, I think, why it's a good substitute uh, for, for nightshade. Um, and then the last little bit that I read that really intrigued me was uh, that it's also, I'm going to butcher this word too. That's okay. Uh, word of the day. <laughs> word of the day. Walpurgis. <laughs> Walpurgis. So there's a festival um, celebrated a lot in like Scandinavian countries uh, that is uh, April 30th, the night of April 30th into May 1st. Okay, um, so like Wal- Beltane-ish. Yeah, Walpurgis sorta. night. Okay. And it is the night that the devil lets go of its hold of deadly nightshade and other poisonous plants. And if you are going to use deadly nightshade or belladonna, you should... Harvest it on that night when the devil has let go. Oh, it's still wow. gonna fuck you up if you don't use it right. <laughs> but that's when you were supposed to pick it. I never knew the devil, so he'll never have a hold of me, or she'll never have a hold of me. I I think I feel like that's like a song lyric that I'm not getting, but maybe it is. Maybe we'll <laughs> write a song about it. Yeah, that's 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 good. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, dilates your eyes. Romantic, deadly, beautiful, plum purple. It is romantic. There is something about poisons that are, I feel like, inherently romantic. Because it's dangerous. Maybe not as romantic as, like, a strangling, but... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't find a lot of romance in strangling. Well, no, I mean, maybe maybe romance is the wrong word for that, but it is very personal. I, I think it's because poison was always the ladies, like... Uh, like it oh, is totally. the like the ladies k- killer tool. I don't. I'm not right, coming up with the right words here. No, but no, you're you're. I think that you're saying it right. Yeah. Um, women because use there poison. wasn't strength involved in it, and it was subtle and Which it was is, sneaky. Is sad, and, yeah. But like because women are strong, right? But no, you're totally right. Yeah, but there is something sort of like. It, that yeah, it is like it's sexy because it's dangerous and it's sly. And in this case, it's it's a beautiful plant. It's absolutely, absolutely. beautiful, and it means beautiful lady. And you know, I I really love it uh, so much so that honestly, like absentmindedly of what belladonna was as a plant, uh, I once named a LARP character who was you did. a poison dealer uh, and head you of did. an underground circus cartel. Belladonna. In fact, one of my first LARPs and was as 
uh, sidekick of uh, Bella. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know what LARPing is, live action role playing, uh, pretending to be various characters and acting out different storylines in uh, in unscripted fashion with other friends and and people. Yeah, it's kind of the nerdiest thing that. Oh, uh, it's can the do, nerdiest, but <laughs> it's also like the most fun nerdiest thing you can ever do. But yeah, I I named my <laughs> my poison cartel leader Belladonna Devante. She was also a fortune teller. That's where I I got my sort of footing in reading fortunes and cold reading. But I had no idea that Belladonna was a poisonous plant when I chose that name. Really? Yep. I just I thought no it was a kidding. Dude. I thought it was a beautiful Italian name, and then they just coincided really nicely. Oh my god! I wish I had known that because I totally knew it was a poisonous plant <laughs> when, like, when I was Belladonna. So I can't even remember what my name was. Oh, I have no it idea. Doesn't even remember. <laughs> I was only her for like a minute. You did great. <laughs> I charged way too much for the items you were selling. <laughs> but yeah, so Belladonna, Deadly Nightshade, uh, a little bit of romance for your for your plant on the day that is not a day and the day that time forgot and then remembered and then forgot and then remembered and then forgot. <laughs> <laughs> again and again and again until they almost Got it right, but not perfect. Right. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> they, <laughs> they still know they, meaning like they, the people who pay attention to this stuff. Close enough to write, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, uh, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed researching a poisonous plant. We'll do some more poisonous plants in the future. Yeah, but, dude, totally. You know, I do, I do enjoy being able to like smoke or ingest them in some way. So not too many. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an every once in a while yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so, before we drop you off today, we have a mailbag. Yes, I love the mailbags. <laughs> so, who do we have today? I wanted to give a shout out today to my mom, <gasps> Mama oh, Hazel. Mama Hazel, Mama Hazel in the house. <laughs> so, my mom sent an email, um, having listened to our episodes, like all good moms do. And I'm going to find that. Give me one second. Oh, shit. I don't think my mom has listened to any of my episodes. I had I sent my mom the links on the website because she doesn't understand Spotify or All iTunes. Right. So. Samesies. Oh, I have not done those things. So maybe it's a bad daughter sort of thing. But also, knowing my mom, it would have to be, she would have to be made to listen to it. My, my favorite thing my mom has shared so far, aside from this email that I'm about to share with all of you is that she was so proud that she was the first person to like all of our episodes because <gasps> she's the only one that's liked them on the website. Oh my God. She is <laughs> so cute. It's great. <laughs> Mama Hazel, we love you. So my mom sent a little email in response to our first Femisode, our <gasps> Boobisode. Yes. And we spent a lot of time talking about bras, and she sent a little email about um, her first bra. <gasps> so I want to I want to read this since it is a mailbag. I love this. Here. I'm so excited to hear this. Um, so she says, "I got my first bra when I was 11. I was flat as a pancake, but gym class was a nightmare for me because there were very well endowed girls, and I was embarrassed. I was very skinny and certainly had no need for one, but I begged Nanny, that's my grandmother, her mom, to get me one." Uh, we went to Sedman's Five and Dime, which was the department store in our hometown. Uh, and the only thing available was cotton. No sex appeal whatsoever. Aww. I think they designed them that way on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm pretty sure the cup size was triple A. I was so proud of wearing that thing. I made sure all my friends knew. And next gym class, one of the older, more busty girls looked at me. And so help me God, she nodded and smiled. And it made me feel like I had arrived. <gasps> Mama Hazel, girl, I am with <laughs> I love it. I was a small <laughs> girl at an early age, too. And I hear ya. I am with ya. <laughs> and you know what I say these days? Screw those other girls who had the bigger boobies. <laughs> Our boobies were coming in. We were getting them. <laughs> I'm, it was about I'm, time. I'm, I'm a big titty girl. I mean, like, good, good for them. They got them. But, like, <laughs> as, as also an 11-year-old with no boobies, I hear ya. I know how it felt. And I know how it felt to be recognized for having a bra. I'm with you, Mama Hazel. I got you. <laughs> thanks mom we Aww. love you <laughs> we love you uh so if you've got a bra story a poison story maybe like you want to tell us about the first time that you uh you saw romeo and juliet or yeah. you have a particular thought on leap year calendars drop us a line as always at 5c2p uh gmail or instagram otherwise we'll see you next week totally until then no pervs, no Nazis. See you soon, witches. You want to know a little more about us, a little bit more about the kitties? We have bios for all five cats, both pussies, and even Engineer Dan on our website at www.5c2p.com. She triple W'd it. I already told you. <laughs> I'm I'm a 50 year old woman. I love it. Go to the World Wide Web. That's commercial. It's not good. Triple W. So cute. So cute. It was so cute. Fuck you. You don't know how to Instagram. It was so cute. She doesn't know how to Instagram. That's what I said. That's how I was insulting her. I know. That's why I was, but it's still funny. Even if I don't have an Instagram, it's still funny. They're only knickers. They're only Skivvies. Knickers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go just so take out cute. the triple W. It's so cute. W, W, W. W, W, W.